Thank you. 
souls. Lift your people up and make them strong. Let your healing power flow like the rays of the sun. And let many leave knowing I have been touched by the living God. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, let's give the Lord a praise. He's worthy. Jesus is worthy. We love you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. We honor you. King of kings. Lord of lords, hallelujah, 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 amen, God bless you, you may be seated, good morning, wonderful name of Jesus, amen, 
all that it represents, all that it does, all that it's accomplished. We thank the Lord and praise his name. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. There's Sister Amy and Brother Jordan. Styling a nice looking mustache over there, Brother Jordan. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would go with me to Hebrews 11. We have been in Hebrews 11, this great chapter of faith. We've been in it for about three months. We're getting ready to wind it down. Two messages after this, Hebrews 11. We're going to start with verse 32. We're going to talk about faith, its people, and its potential. We'll break it up into two, two sermons. Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 32. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon. Barak and Samson. We'll touch on them this morning. Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flame, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies and enemies. Father, we thank you. Speak to our hearts. Teach us your ways. Let faith be strengthened. Let our minds be illuminated. In Jesus' name and God's people said. As we wind down this series in this great 11th chapter of Hebrews, we've come to the point where the author has begun to group together various heroes in their exploits as opposed to isolating one by one as we've been doing. So we're going to call it an overview of the mighty acts of faith, an overview. And we're just going to follow the author's lead and just try to touch a bit on each person because time didn't allow him and time won't allow us. Our title again, Faith is People and its Potential. So remember, if you're a Christian, you have a measure of faith. You, you have a portion of faith. God has given all of us a measure, a portion of faith. He wants us to exercise it. He wants us to increase it. He wants us to express it and develop it. But God has given each one of us a measure of faith. And he wants us to use it that it might grow and that it might bear fruit that gives him glory. That it might do his works in the earth. Now we've said before, Bible faith we're not talking about faith in faith. We're not talking about faith in ourselves and our ability to stick it out. But faith in God. Faith in the living God and His Word, what He has said, what He has done, and what He has promised. Now, for the Christian, we've explained the last few, um, well, last few months. Our faith is confidence in God that leads to obedience to God. If there's no obedience, that's not real faith. Confidence in God that leads to obedience to God. True faith is based on what God says, but it's demonstrated by what I do. Faith without works or action is a dead thing. It's not a Bible faith. We are to live out our faith. The believer's faith is something that can be seen. It is something that transforms a life. It's something that brings, um, it produces works that glorify God and exalts that name that we just sang about. Two thoughts as we get started. Number one, from our text, this life or this walk of faith, in this walk of faith, God uses a variety of people and personalities to do His will and do His works. 
I pray that encourages us. Again, God uses a variety, and he'll use you if you let him. That's the key. If you let him, he'll use you. If you say, Lord, here I am, I'm willing, and you really just offer yourself to the service of the Lord, he'll use your life, regardless of background, regardless of personality, regardless of intellect and all these things. You were born an original. I know some more original than others, but you were born an original. So rejoice in your uniqueness. Just don't try to be a cheap copy of someone else. Each one of us is different, yet everyone is divinely created and designed by the architect of heaven. And he desires to use our lives for his glory. Listen, friend, there's lives for you to touch. And there's works for you to do. And there's experiences in this great walk of faith that God wants you to enjoy. Throughout the pages of Scripture... We can be encouraged by recognizing God uses a variety of people. That means he'll use you. It's all right to be you. Just be the best you in Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. It's all right to be you. You should be you. Just be the best you in the Lord. See, God uses a variety of people. When we study Hebrews 11, we study the word of God. We see young, we see old, we see men, we see women. There's educated, uneducated. There's official people like kings and prophets and priests and generals. Then there's common people, fishermen and farmers and servants. Yet all are people of faith. All are individuals that God has used to do mighty things in the earth. You see, faith will operate in the life of any person who will dare to listen to God's word and surrender to God's will. If we'll just listen to God's word and surrender to God's will, God will use our lives. Again, we want to emphasize, God's not looking for just a certain type of person or personality or skill set. But anyone who will trust in the Lord, obey the Lord, and give themselves fully and completely to the Lord, God will use that instrument. Let's be like the Apostle Paul urges. Let's be those living sacrifices that God can use for his glory. Let's be men and women that are, that are um, willing and available and faithful vessels for the Lord. Now again, different people, different personalities, different backgrounds. What do these people have in common? They had faith, they had obedience. They heard the word, they responded to the word. They believed the word that God spoke to them. They believed the word they read and they acted upon that word and God used them to accomplish great things. God will use your life to touch many others. God will use your life to do mighty things. God will use your life. Someone said to a preacher, will God use me? He said, man, he'll wear you out if you let him. Amen. So don't ever look down in yourself. Just offer yourself to God. Amen. Don't look down well my background. Don't worry about your background. Have you been washed in the blood? You got a new background. Amen. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a genius. I didn't do too good on the SETs. I mean, SAT. You know, I didn't do too good. Don't worry about your test scores. Just give God your best and he'll do the rest. Amen. Hallelujah. None of these men or women were perfect, but God used them to do his will and advance his cause. And this is still the desire of God. He's still looking for workers. He's still looking for, as Brother Uni did so well last week, worshipers. He's still looking for um, willing volunteers and witnesses. To shine his light. To shine his light. As the prophetic word encouraged us. God's still looking for men and women. 
that'll be workers and worshipers and witnesses and willing volunteers that he can use to do his work in the earth. So number one, we recognize when we read this list of these heroes that that God uses a variety of people. Therefore, he will use you if you let him. But secondly, we notice that as we read this group of people, our faith is not limited by times or circumstances. We say that because three periods of Israel's history are mentioned in this group of names. We must never think that God will not do presently what he has done previously. As one man once said, he's a right now God. Amen. He's right now. He's eternally present God. He's omnipotently powerful God. Looking for vessels and instruments that will enable him. He's looking for a vessel that will enable him to display his power at this moment in history. In this hour, God wants to move in the now. God wants to move where you live. God wants to work where you flow, where you live, where you converse with others. God desires to do great and mighty things in this present hour. Thank God for what's happened in the past. We can praise him for it. We can learn from it. But oh, God is designed to do something fresh and wonderful in your life this day for his glory say amen Amen. God is not limited by times or circumstances he's the same yesterday today and forever he's the one that changes not what comforting words God doesn't change what does that mean preacher that means Abraham's God is your God That means David's God, your God. That means Daniel's God, Elijah's God, Moses' God is your God, on and on and on. The God that sent the ravens to give his servant his provision is the God that will meet your need this afternoon. The God that anointed his young man to face the giant is the God that will enable you to overcome your giants. The God that made a way where there seemed to be no way and he opened the Red Sea. He's the God that's going to bring you through whatever's facing you, whatever's trying to hinder you. He's the God that walks before his people. Trust him, believe in him, and watch him do great things in your life. Can you say amen? God is never limited by times in which we live or the circumstances that we face. Only unbelief and disobedience. Hinders the working of his power. Didn't get an amen there. Thank you. Like checking on you. I'm making sure you. But to the man or woman of faith, to those that will be sincere in their Christian walk, to those that will believe and walk with this God, he assures you this morning. The promises that he spoke to your life will be fulfilled. And his grace will be sufficient and adequate so you can face every task, every trial, and every test. He tells those this morning that are faithful and doing their best to serve him. Your sincere obedience and your sincere trust in him. It will not go unnoticed. It will not go unrewarded. Friend, you got to know that God sees your devotion. That God hears your faintest cry. 
And that God feels your burdened heart. Oh, yes, he does. He's touched by the feelings of our infirmity. And he sees us. Those eyes of God, the Bible says, his eyes. Oh, those eyes. His eyes are on the righteous. And his ear is open to our cries. His eyes are open to your cry. He hears your faintest cry. He sees your situation. The eyes of heaven, those same eyes go throughout the earth, the Bible says, to strengthen hearts that are fully committed to him. God sees those that are doing their best to serve him. He recognizes them. He acknowledges them. And he gives a special measure of grace to them. God is attracted to those that are being faithful, giving their very best. He says, I see your situation. I know all about your deadline. And I'm going to bring you through this. As you lean on me and trust in me, I will defend thee. I will provide for thee. I'll be a shield all around you. Just walk. Walk with me and talk with me and let me fight the battle. Can you say amen? Go ahead and mark it down. Friend, listen, believer, sincere believer, your faith and your faithfulness will not go unnoticed and will not go unrewarded by God. He is a rewarder. And let us keep in mind the purpose of this chapter. Because God wants us to trust him today. Just as the men and women of yesterday trusted him in the past. Times have changed. But God has not changed. And God still works in response to faith. To faith. So we start out and we recognize from these group of names that number one, there's a variety of personality and people and backgrounds. And what's that say to us? It says God will use us. God's not, it's not a cookie cutter thing. God will use anyone that sincerely gives them their lives and believes his word and walks with him. God will use us. We also recognize various time periods. God didn't stop doing anything 200 years ago. He's a right now God. He can move in your life just like he moved in their lives. Amen. If he's not alive, then we got, we're serving the wrong something. Amen. But I want you to know Jesus is alive. Now we look at Gideon. At Gideon. Tag, you're it. Now, if you're not familiar with the story of Gideon, you'll find it in the book of Judges in your devotional time. You can read Judges 6, 7, and 8 and get the story. Most of us should be familiar. I want to learn from Gideon. Gideon was found in an insecure place, but God took the initiative, for he saw an instrument that was ready to be raised up and used. You see, God saw more in Gideon than Gideon did. I want you to know God sees wonderful things in you. God sees present potential. God sees future possibilities. You see, when God chooses a man or a woman, God enables and God equips that man or that woman. And then God goes before that man and that woman. You see, at first, it would seem like Gideon would be an unlikely candidate for Hebrews 11. I mean, when God called him, he was hiding. When God spoke to him, he brought up all the problems instead of trusting the promises. Why, Lord? How come, Lord? What happened, Lord? But God saw the potential. And God spoke to him and gave a promise to him. And God placed his hand upon him. And once Gideon started to believe, 
It was a work in process. Once he started to believe and act on the word and obey the instructions, and it was a gradual thing, but once he began to do that, we begin to see the working of God in his life. Listen, like the rest of us, Gideon was a work in progress. Friend, don't get down on yourself if it seems like you aren't growing like you ought to be growing. Only weeds grow overnight. You keep doing your part. You keep giving God your best. And he's going to give you the grace to grow, to mature, to overcome things in your life that need to be overcome. Develop things in your life that need to be developed. You just keep walking with this God. If you get knocked down, you get back up and keep walking with this God. You don't give up on this God and he won't give up on you. Oh, Gideon. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And as Gideon heard that word. And then at first a little timid, but he began to obey the instruction in the word. A miracle begins to unfold as Gideon starts to believe and obey. But you got to do your part. That's the key. You got to do your part. He starts out, Gideon's in hiding. For some seven or so years, the enemies of God would come in every harvest season and just ravage the land. They would strip all the produce. They would take all the animals. And God's people are living in oppression and bondage for a number of years. And Gideon's hiding in a wine press. He's trying to steal whatever he can so the enemy won't get it. And here he is hiding. And God shows up. And he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon looked behind. Who's he talking to? He didn't feel like a mighty warrior. He didn't look like a mighty warrior. You know, sometimes God speaks to us and we don't feel it and we don't look it. Amen? But God's word is correct. Let's believe it. Believe it. Believe it. And after Gideon got done with why, how come, where are you? God says, listen, I'm going to be with you. I will be with you. And you will strike down the enemy. I will, therefore you will. God says, I will be with you and I will help you and I will assist you and I'll guide you. Therefore you will overcome that problem, have victory in that situation and walk forward. Now, by faith. Remember, it's by faith. He's defeating foreign armies. He's routing them. By faith, he's receiving the promise of God. By faith, after an exciting um, calling and commissioning and encounter with God and that initial part of Gideon's story is so exciting. After that, and then before the great victory that God gives him, which completely defeats the enemy and then gives 40 years of peace and prosperity to God's people. Mm. But in between there, Gideon's faith was asked, Gideon's faith was required, how can we say it, to do some house cleaning, soldier pruning, and strange strategy obeying. How about that? You remember the story? I mean, I mean, finally Gideon, Gideon's getting pumped. At first he was timid, then God shows up, Jehovah, Shalom, oh, the Lord is peace, and he sees the power of God. Oh, put me in, coach, I'm ready to go. God says, good, I got your attention. Yes, let me go, I'll tear up the enemy. No, 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 before you get the enemy out there, go home and get your own house in order. How many know faith needs to know how to work the home, amen? Faith, if they ain't working at home, it's not gonna, oh, Lord. Again, you can study the story, but first thing, house cleaning. And he did it. He was a little timid. You know, it's kind of timid to tell daddy, I'm going to tear down your altar. 
<laughs> and set up a right all. It's kind of timid to have to take a stand against family. But God says, first thing, he did it at night, but see, he was a little scared, but he did it. At least he did it, amen? We, again, we're all a work in progress, aren't we? Amen? The important thing, just do it. Obey the Lord, obey the Lord. We might not be, you know, super Davids right now, but we just got to start out where we're at. And he, he tore it down. First, house cleaning, and then soldier pruning. Because once he got his house in order, the Spirit of God came on him. Woo! It's amazing when we get the kink out of the hose how the Spirit will flow. Some people, you don't need another prayer meeting. You need to get things right in your house. And then once you do, the thing will flow. Another sermon for another day. But I got to get back to my message here. Spirit of God came on them. They blow the trumpet. And 32,000 men came to stand with Gideon. Now, the enemy had 125,000 men. But still, hey, 32,000 is better than one. Amen? And God looks and God says, you know what, Gideon? You got too many men here. And again, Gideon says, what? No, God says, I want to get the glory for this. I don't want you having confidence in your resources in the natural. So Gideon, I'm going to do some sifting. We'll start out like this. Gideon, you just tell those guys that are a little timid, a little fear. We don't want their spirit contaminating the rest of the brave people. Sometimes you've got to get rid of something to preserve something else. But anyhow, you let the fearful go home and whew, you should have saw the dust. 22,000 went home. 22,000. What kind of army that was. Now we're down to 10,000. All right, 10,000 versus 125,000. Math wasn't my best subject, but I I don't like those odds. And then the word of the Lord comes. You ever think you're ready for something and the word of the Lord comes and blows up what you were thinking? Gideon figured, well, 10,000, we, we can do something with that. And God shows up again and says, Gideon, you still got too many in your army. Oh, my. Well, God got them down to 300. 300. Now, God says, now you're ready for me. Now you're ready to follow me. Sometimes God got do some pruning to get us ready to really be used of God. Sometimes there's two excess baggage around. God says, I got to get rid of that, but you got confidence in that, and that's messed. Oh, Lord, I got to keep going because we don't have time to dig too deep into this. But finally, down to 300 men. God says, perfect. Just right for me to use you now. So we go from house cleaning to soldier pruning to strange strategy obeying. All right, 300 men. Well, I read somewhere in that Bible, when one angel wiped out 185,000, Lord, are you going to send an angel? Nope. I've read another time where a kind of disease went through and wasted. Are you going to send some pestilence? No. Lord, what are you going to do? You got a bazooka up there, you're going to send us. And no, God says, I want you to divide the 300 into three groups. And then every man, you get an empty jar and put a torch inside. And then borrow Brother David's trombone and everybody put a trumpet to their mouth. Amen. Uh, we, we're going we're gonna to get the band go. Amen. And Gideon said, I don't know about this. Just when you think you got God figured out, he throws something else at you. Amen. Just when you think faith's getting ready to be rewarded, God says, one more thing. Oh, God. Well, you remember the story? He spread them out, and God says, at the right time. Woo! You're going to break that crack pot. We have a bunch of crack pot. Break that pot. Shine that thing. Blow your trumpets. Let the war cry. Oh, it was a powerful thing. God gave them an overwhelming victory. But it started out 
with God seeing one of his servants and recognizing the great promise and potential that that servant had that he would just obey God and trust God. And God looks at his sons and daughters and he says, I see the wonderful potential and possibility and purpose in your life. If you'll walk with me and obey me and trust me, I'll use you to do great things also. It's a wonderful thing. We need to be men and women that believe God's promise and are confident of God's presence and willingly obey God's instruction. And if we'll do those things, there's no limit on what God will do in us and God will do through us. Gideon's story begins as God initiates the encounter and calling. God saw, just like he sees in you and I, and God chooses and selects, and as Gideon responds, the blessing and the miracle of God unfolds. That's kind of like our life. God chose us. We didn't choose him. You see, if you chose him, it was only after he chose you. In fact, John 15 and verse 16, we should be familiar with this. This is Jesus speaking here. And the Lord says to us, um, you did not choose me, but I, put your name in there, I chose you. I chose David. I chose Martha. I chose Betty. I chose Jim. I chose Gary. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And he didn't just choose us for salvation. He chose us for fruitful service. I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will remain. Just like he called Gideon, he calls us. Just like he selects Gideon, he selected us. We're not just chosen for salvation. We're chosen for service. For fruitful accomplishment. Thank the Lord our names are written down in heaven. But there's more than that. We've also been given a task, assignment here on earth. God says, as I use Gideon, I want to use you. Don't be timid. Don't be unsure. Just know I see more in you than you could ever imagine. And if you'll walk with me, that'll come to pass. Number one, God sees, God sees. But secondly, we go to Barak. Barak, Barak. I wish we could spend more time on Gideon, but let's go to Barak. Now, Barak is another interesting character. If you're not familiar with his story, Judges 4 and 5. Judges 4 and 5, you can read in your devotional time. But under Barak, God helps the hesitant, but the willing. God helps the hesitant, but the willing. I've seen people through the years been sitting on a gift, been sitting on a calling, been sitting on it. They recognized it was there. Sometimes they'd go years forgetting it, but they knew deep down it was there. And the only reason it didn't bloom it's just of a hesitancy and they're afraid to step i preached one time many years ago at a different church on, on, on that spirit of fear it was just when i was younger i'd just take off and we just we just go and, and it just phew, off we went and it was amazing as god moved in that one service the number of people that it, it wound up changing them for years one wound up being, wound up being a decent worship leader he'd been sitting on it for years always afraid but he knew it. Others, other ministries, always afraid. Felt it in there, timid to step out and trust God. Barak, Barak. God helps the hesitant, but the willing. Are you willing? Tell God I'm willing. If you're willing, he'll help you. Ask for God's help. Say, Lord, increase my faith. Give me some more of your grace. Listen, friend, don't be afraid to say, God, help me. 
I'm willing to try. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to attempt this. But Lord, you got to help me. Lord, you got to give me that push. Lord, help me to stand. Help me to step out. I'm a little timid. Help me to change. Help me to forgive. Help me to get back up. Seems like I've made a mess of things. Help me to believe. I do believe, but help my unbelief. Here's Barak. God helps the hesitant. He was a reluctant participant in this great miracle and victory. And many people, unfortunately, are standing back instead of entering in. Because they don't understand how God helps the hesitant. And that if you trust him, you see, a timid spirit will hinder and hold back a person from moving on into the blessings of God, into the fruitfulness of God. And that timidity, hesitancy must be addressed and overcome. We need to learn to say, Lord, help me. Lord, I'm willing. I'm not going to let my pride keep me from your best. I'm not going to let my timidity hold me back from going forward. I'm not going to let maybe a little insecurity and what if, what if keep me from really embracing what I really believe you've called me to do, you've called me to experience. God's a present help, the Bible says. And he helps us when we ask, God help me. Remember, he, he gives grace to the... And when I say, God help me, that's humility. And I know John Wayne and all your TV show heroes, you know, they don't like to say certain things, but let's get back to our Bible and not our culture. Some people, you've been in church 40 years, you never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You really never have. Because there's a part of you that is afraid to try. Well, I look foolish if I yield. Yielding really does humble us, doesn't it? I don't like to yield. Isn't that right? As soon as someone comes in, you're uncomfortable. I mean, fighting stance. Amen. You're looking cool, but you, you, head, head, your ears are open. Anybody? Isn't that true? Come on, say amen. Isn't that right? You know, sometimes it hinders people from going forward in God. God puts a calling on your heart, but you're afraid to step out. Well, what if things don't work out? God begins to speak to your heart and you say, I'd like to receive that. But there's something in you that says, whoa, 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 you know. What if you look funny? What if you act like so-and-so? Don't worry about acting like so-and-so. We said again, just be you. Just be the best you in Jesus. Amen? When God helps us, it comes in various forms. And Barak, we're going to see this in his life. It might come in the form of a promise where God really speaks to your heart and gives you an assurance. Have you ever faced something that was challenging you? Have you ever faced something and you're getting a little timid and God really speaks to your heart? He takes a scripture off the Bible and it really ministers, amen? And God really encourages you with that and gives you the strength to face it, amen? Or sometimes it's a person. And we see that in scripture. Sometimes God will send someone to come with us along the way. Help us through that thing. There's been times, Lord, Lord, I... I'd like to go and do this. I'm a little timid. Would you help me? And, and someone will come alongside. That's, that's, that's good. It's in the Bible. It happened to Paul. It happened to Barnabas. 
But sometimes not only a promise or a person, but sometimes a power, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. In the times that we're a bit hesitant, I'd like to, I believe God wants me to, but there's something in me that's a little timid. I've been here so long, I've been kind of comfortable here, and I'm afraid to come out. Even though I hear Jesus calling me to step out, there's something in me. But the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. He comes alongside us. He stands by our side as an advocate, giving us strength, giving us wisdom, giving us guidance that we need. To the sincerely willing, the help of the Holy Spirit is available to you. I speak to someone that maybe you know God wants you to do something and you're wavering. Trust the Lord. If you're wavering, say, Lord, help me. Lord, you know I want to obey you. I said to the willing. See, if you're not willing, it's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. I'm talking about those that find yourself hesitant, but in your heart you really want to obey God in that area. You really want to do pursue God in that area. So don't be ashamed to say a simple prayer. Lord, I'm willing. Please help me. I want to obey you. I want to handle this properly. Lord, help me. Lord, there's something in my old nature wants to do that. I want to go through this properly. Lord, help me. Now, Barak was a courageous general, if you know the story. And he fought a daring battle. And he delivered Israel out of the hands of the Canaanites and their very cruel general Sisera. He was outnumbered. He was outgunned. He advanced in faith with a strategy that that naturally was a suicidal strategy, but God intervenes because God gave him the plan and the Lord gives him a great victory. But initially, here's the deal. Now, 20 years of oppression. The Canaanites are oppressing 20 years. And then they cried out. Sometimes you look at people and say, how long will it be till finally you cry out? You never do that? 20 years. And finally... I just got to say, enough is enough, Lord. I'm saying, uncle, I'm coming to you. Amen? 20 years, and they cried out to God. And God answered them. A prophetic word, a prophetic promise came forth through none other than Deborah, the mother in Israel, that wonderful prophetess of the Old Testament. But her word was to Barak, Barak, if you go, God wants you to go, and he'll give you the victory. You know what Barak said? I'm not budging unless you come with me. Mother and his mama, unless you come with me, I'm not budging. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The Bible says he had God's promise. He had God's clear promising and command. Yet he wouldn't budge unless Deborah went with him. Wow. Now, Deborah said because of this, the, the, the honor is going to go to a woman, and a woman wound up, you know, being the hero of the story. But Deborah said, okay. Hmm. What's this telling us? God is willing to help the hesitant, yet the willing. He didn't just throw Barak aside and say, well, you worthless thing, I'm going to. He said, all right, I'm going to meet you where you're at. Aren't you glad God meets us where we're at? There comes a time when God says, grow up. There comes a time when we can quote, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I, but when I became a man, 
I had to put away. There comes a time when God says, all right, enough. Amen? You walked with God 40, 50 years. He has a greater expectation for us than a newborn. Isn't that right? Like anyone should, right? You, when your kids are four, there's one expectation. When there's 14, there's another. When there's 24, there's another. God does the same thing with us. But God meets us halfway because he was willing. His heart meant well. He wasn't trying to be rebellious. See what I mean? He wasn't trying to be rebellious. God can't deal with that too much. He was willing, but he's a little unsure of himself. He was a little timid to step out. That was a big promise. This God's command was like a suicidal mission of God doesn't show up and let the whole thing get flooded and, and throw the enemy in confusion and the whole bit. So he had to trust God. He's a little timid. But listen, God will meet you where you're at. If you're willing, and you'll humble yourself and say, Lord, help me. I, I want to I talk to that neighbor. If you'll give me an opportunity, I'll talk with them. And I'll give them a track or I'll invite them. If, you, if you'll help me, Lord, that's okay. You see what I mean? That's all right, Lord. I really think you want me helping out in children's church. I'm a little timid because I tried it seven years ago and oh my Lord, it was disaster. I'm still getting healed from the ulcer. But Lord, I still feel that, that you want me to move in that type of ministry and Lord, I want you, I'm, I'm willing if you'll help me. Willing if you'll help me. Say that to someone, don't let that thing die. Humble your heart and come before God and you and God can resurrect that thing. I know, every, I know promises do have expiration marks, but yours is not yet if they respond to the word of the Lord. Lord, I'm willing to do this. Sometimes we got to pray, Lord, give me a little push. Give me the help I need. Give me some encouragement. Barak was willing but a bit hesitant, timid, and unsure. And listen, that can be very human, but we cannot allow it. To become an excuse for our disobedience or our inactivity or our grieving of the Holy Spirit. Turning back in this walk of faith cannot be an option. Again, there are degrees in faith. There's degrees in faith. God's not expecting someone to have X amount of faith. You've been saved three months. Not expecting that at all. But he knows what we can handle. And when he leads us as his children, he knows there's degrees in faith, and God says he exercises and it grows. Faith grows, faith matures, but we must be willing to step out, to stretch out, to obey what we can. The principle of increase, very simple. What's the principle of increase? Faithful in little, and then you'll get more. If you're not faithful in this opportunity that God's given you, why would you think you'll get a bigger opportunity? If you haven't obeyed the, the opportunity God gives you, or the word that God gives you here, why would you think something greater? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't follow the principle of increase. When we use what we got, then it grows. How about that? I mean, I, I got to be faithful in little, but I got to use what I got. What can you do? What do you have to offer? Use what you got. <laughs> if you're not giving the one, you won't give the... Obey what I know. Some are waiting for some grand plan. God says, well, start obeying what you do know. How about walking in the light you do possess? Sometimes, listen folks, we have to learn how to be part of our own solution. We step back waiting on God. Sometimes God says, I'm sitting here waiting on you. 
But if you don't do your part, even if it's simple, as simple as humbling yourself and saying, Lord, I've been bearing that thing for years and I know it's your will. Lord, I'm willing if you'll help me. Simple as that. As you and I walk in advance in this great life of faith, let us never disqualify ourselves from the next level or the deeper walk or the greater accomplishments that God has for all of us, for those things that lie before us. And God says, listen, there's been some things, you, maybe you've been looking at them for years, I want you to possess them and I want you to enjoy them. They were for you. And here's God's thought to us this morning. If you'll give me your willingness, I'll give you my assistance. And together, we'll accomplish the task. Say that again. If you give me your willingness, I'll give you my assistance. And together, we'll accomplish the task. I think it's important as a child of God that we have certain verses in the Word of God that really encourages our heart and verses that we can fight with. Let me give you a verse that I pray it blesses you because it's encouraged me for for decades and decades and decades. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. If you don't know this verse, and many of us do, if you don't know it, I encourage you to memorize it. If you have not yet put your name in it, you put your name in it, and you let it stir your faith. But here it is. Israel's in a place where they're a bit hesitant. They're, they're, they're a bit insecure. God's bringing them back, and so they have a good promise, but the promise includes some opposition and some overwhelming circumstance. Have you ever been there? God gives you a promise that excites you, but there are certain things about reaching it and embracing it that intimidate you. Anybody at all? Have you ever had God say... I'm going to give you a promise, but what the promise demands is stretching and a trusting. And sometimes it would have been easier just to stay here and be content with here. But God says, I've got something better for you than here. I want to send you there, but you're going to have to trust me and stretch me and watch me work if you're going to do this. I love this verse. Fear not. For I am with you. There's the end of the case. God's with you. God's with you. You don't have to be afraid anymore. God's with you. You don't have to wonder what's going to happen. God is with you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I'm your God. You don't have to be overwhelmed by it. You don't serve a little God. You don't serve a false God. I am your God, the living God, the omnipotent God, the one that knows the end from the beginning, the one that makes the crooked places straight and the rough places move. I am your God. So don't let that thing overwhelm you. You have a God that has you in the palm of his hand. You have a God that speaks and the storm ceases. You have a God that's able to lift you up and carry you through whatever you're facing. Let the devil's crowd be dismayed. Let the devil's crowd have their Maylocks moments. You're a child of God and this God, the great God, the almighty God is with you. Say amen. And then he says, I love this. Uh, you know, when God says I will, that means he will. Woo. Amen. You're going to ask me sometimes, so I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think long about it. Some people, amen. <laughs> Some people, I pray, Lord, help me forget about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> amen. But God says, I will. Put your name in there. Joe, John, Jim, Mary, Sue, Jehoshaphat, whoever you are. God says, I will strengthen you. 
You're not going to fall. You're not going to fail. You will not falter. Because God says, I'll be your strength. I'll give you all the strength you need to walk and run and not grow weary and not grow faint. I am, I am, I am, I am the one that dwells within you by my spirit. That gives you the grace you need for every battle, every storm, and every segue of this race of faith. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the end of the story. God says, I'm going to help you. What do you need? He's the I am. God says, I'm going to help you. You know, sometimes we don't even know how to articulate to God what we need. It's such a mess, I don't even know how to pray. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Amen. I don't know to zigzag. I don't know to, what is it, stop, drop, and roll. Amen. Sometimes we just want to say, Lord, help. But God says, I will help you. I'll give you one more. I will. I, I love these I wills. Turn to someone and say, God will. God will. God will. God will. God will. Stop worrying about it. Stop fretting about it. God says, I will. God is great. God is awesome. And he loves you with an everlasting love. You're his child. Oh, ha, I will. I will strengthen you and I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand. God says, I'm going to keep you up. Hell might try to push you down, but I'm going to keep you up. Hell might try to trip you and ensnare you, but I'm going to keep you going. I'm going to be the one that sustains you. I'm going to be the one that steadies you. You don't have to be afraid of what hell throws against you, but you walk with the living God. You're a child of the living God. Glory be to God. This is faith. Barak was timid, but he said, God, help me. God, help me. I'm willing if you'll help me. And God saying if I can just get my people to say Lord we're willing. Lord we're willing. He'll use that life. He'll answer that prayer. He'll do things that you'll say man I never thought I would do this. I never imagined one day I would be doing but oh God. And he says whenever you face it fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am by God. I will help you. I will strengthen you and I will uphold you. I'm going to hold you up so you can't fall and be knocked down. Hallelujah. All right, let's go. Let's go. Hallelujah. All right, I'm finishing up. Glory. Real quick, Samson. 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 Wow, where are we going with him? Samson. A lot of ways to go with Samson in there. Samson. Samson. By faith, you can go it alone if you have to. By faith, you can go it alone if you have to. We know the story of Samson. He fought the Lord's battles. He refused to accept the current condition. He refused to accept the status quo. Someone asked a mentor of mine, what's the status quo? He said, that's the mess you're in. (laughs) If you know the story of Samson... The rest of the church, I mean the rest of the Israelites, were were content with having those Philistines rule over them. They just wanted to submit to that. And Samson wouldn't have it. Amen? (laughs) Oh, Samson. Let's listen here. Samson, by faith, we can go it alone. We can stand. We can endure. We can overcome. Now, listen, we know this is not the best way to go. We have a church, we have a family. We we know this is not the best way to go, but sometimes life forces us. And circumstances demand of us, seasons require of us that we go it alone. 
Sometimes you've got to walk certain segments all by yourself. Weep by yourself. Amen? Try to figure out what to do by yourself. Get out of that bed when you'd rather just put the pillow over your head by yourself. But if you're a child of God, you're really never by yourself. I'm going to bring this out about Samson. And there's a lot we can say about Samson. Barclay writes, as Samson, always Samson, was fighting alone. In the isolation of his splendid strength again and again, he faced the most amazing odds and emerged triumphant, Samson. Now we know there's a lot of warnings and a lot of woes that come with the story of Samson. But remember, we said this some time ago, Hebrews 11 is a chapter of faith, not flaws and not failures. So the emphasis isn't there. The emphasis is on the positive things of Samson. And I want to talk about faith when you have to go it alone. It's not easy to have to go it alone. It's not easy when you have to go it alone. But faith will help you go it alone. The fact is, in life, there are storms and seasons, times and trials in which you have to go it alone. But as a child of God, we're never alone. And although you and I are not exempt, and we cannot avoid all of the trials and the heartaches of life, but just like Samson's faith brought God's great power, our faith will bring in God's great grace to help us overcome, to help us endure, to help us prevail. This is faith. It's people and it's potential. That's our thought. Faith in God brings his presence into our trial, brings his peace into our hearts, brings his divine ability into our human frailty. Next week, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. This week, Gideon. God sees and God wants us to respond. God sees something more and you don't let the devil lie to you. God sees us. He put it there. Amen? Just begin to respond to what God's telling you. Respond to that word. Respond to your Bibles. Live it out and watch it unfold. But then there's Barak. God helps the hesitant. If your heart is sincere, God says, I'll help you. I'll help you get over that hump. I'll help you overcome that thing that's been holding you back. There's been people in the church, God's moved on them to prophesy for 20 years. Afraid their wife might say something. Afraid, afraid it might not come out perfect. And someone might. And so they've quenched the genuine. I want you to know God helps the hesitant, but the willing. And then Samson. When you have to. We don't want to. It's not the best way to. But sometimes life forces us. When you have to, you and God can go it alone. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to open the altars. You might be here today. Number one, salvation and rededication. 
And if you have not given your heart to Christ, come, get saved. Don't go another day without making Jesus Savior and Lord. Come and let him forgive you. Come and let him give you eternal life. Or if you're here today and you just know you're not where you should be with God. You've been getting callous in your walk. You've been getting a little complacent in your walk. And you need to make just a fresh dedication that you're going to get seek first that kingdom again. And you can start walking with God like you used to again. Then I want you to come and make that fresh altar. But for the rest of us, I don't know what God's been talking to you this morning. But I just know within a congregation, there are so many people that are well-meaning people. We love God. We're doing our best to walk with God. But sometimes things can intimidate us or past failures can really paralyze us. And it keeps us from advancing when God's calling us. Take that next step. And I pray like Barak. You'll just say, Lord, help me. In this area, in that area, concerning that, Lord, I'm willing if you'll help me. And we'll believe God together. If you need prayer for any other thing, we'll believe God to heal you, fill you, touch you. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray our final prayer and sing our last song as we sing these altars that are open. I want to encourage you to come. Let's believe God together. Let's pray one for another. If things aren't right with you and God, now's your time. Make them right. Take this opportunity and make them right. If you're here today and Barak's really been speaking to you, then make that fresh altar and just simply say, Lord, I'm willing. Help me. And we'll believe God is going to give you what you need to get over that hump to step over that threshold, to enter into that thing. Let us pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, please stir our hearts this morning. Increase our faith. Help those who seek you for it. Touch those who need a fresh touch. Heavenly Father, let your power flow at this altar. Heal the hurting and refresh the weary. And Lord, I pray that you will grant a fresh measure of grace upon every individual that will just be honest and sincere, that will humble their heart and say, Lord, I'm willing, help me. And they'll commit that situation, they'll commit that promise, whatever it is, Lord, they'll commit it to you. And you can begin to unfold your plan. You can begin to help them. You can begin to enable them. Father, in the name of Jesus, Breathe a fresh breath of life upon us. Speak to us and touch us right now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. These altars are open. Come, come. Let's believe God together.